I'm Lindsay Hooper and this is The Show Must Go On, a mix of sport and comedy to fill the big void that lockdown has left this summer. We've just passed halfway in the series, having heard from Olympians, Paralympians and motorsport stars already. Today, we turn our attention to football and a pair that have not only had their domestic seasons cancelled, but were also set to be representing Team GB in Tokyo. Here's who's on today's show. How are you doing? I'm Louis Theroux from the BBC, and this week I'm presenting The Show Must Go On on Union Jack Radio. Weird. Joining Lindsay this week are footballers Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson, as well as comedian Paul Sinner. Lucy won a bronze medal with the England team in the World Cup in 2015 and was a runner-up in the Ballon d'Or in 2019. Leah has 15 caps for England and over 70 appearances for Arsenal. Wow. Paul is a comedian and quizzer, famous for being one of the professional quizzes on The Chase. I guess that means he knows a lot of things, doesn't it? Yeah. Lindsay, I, I think I'm supposed to hand over to you now. Would that be accurate? Is that the sort of thing that maybe I should sort of do? The show must go on on Union Jack Radio. Thank you very much for that, Louis. Not the hard-hitting journalism that Louis Theroux used to, but lockdown has affected everyone. He'll be back later on. It's a debut on the show for today's comedian, Paul Sinner, and I feel very fortunate that he's been able to squeeze us in for this one. Paul, every time I switch on the TV, I see your face. There's The Chase, of course, then there's Beat the Chasers, which has been on every night at one point during lockdown. So are you happy to have a bit of time off? I'm having quite a lot of time off. I'm not busy in any way, shape or form. Be The Chasers was recorded in January this year. The 5pm episodes were recorded in 2015. I've done nothing for 10 weeks. I've been waiting for this call. Paul, today you're actually going to do something. Brilliant. Lovely to be here. That's the Hollywood and TV illusion, isn't it, when you're on our screens, but it was actually filmed ages ago. Um, As a professional quizzer, I know that you're strong on your sports knowledge because I've done fighting talk with you a few times as well. Would you say it's your strongest subject? No. I know a lot about sport, but so do an awful lot of people that I know. And the people that I know know a lot about American football, baseball, basketball and other things that aren't really sports, just things that abnormal grown Americans are quite good at. And so, actually, my strength is probably literature and art. I'm still taking a punt, though, that you'll know all about today's guests. When I say that we welcome Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson, you know all about them? I watched the World Cup last year. I've even got an observation about the World Cup last year that I put on Twitter, that uh, Harry Kane won the Golden Boot in 2018, and uh, Megan Rapinoe was one of the people that won the Golden Boot in 2019. So the Golden Boot winners are Harry and Meghan. Thanks for pointing that one out. Well, let's welcome in Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson. Uh, Where are you both right now and how have you been since football ground to a halt? Lucy first, please. Um, I'm in Manchester. I just about made the cut into into the country before lockdown. Otherwise, I would have been stuck in France, which might not have been too bad, but I would have been all alone in my apartment. But I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) And, uh, And how about you, Leah? Um, I've just moved into an apartment down in St Albans, so it's uh, new beginnings for me and a bit weird, really, being on my own in this time now. But yeah, I, I started off with, with my teammate, Jordan Nobbs, but she's uh, just moved into her own apartment, so we're all um, on our own now, yeah. 
Okay, well, unlike Paul, who appears not to have a spare minute, although maybe that was a bit false, uh, you're both suddenly staring at an empty calendar, aren't you? So you should have been finishing your domestic campaigns. Lucy with the French side, Leon, Leah with Arsenal in the Women's Super League in England. And then you were expected to be going to Tokyo as well to represent Team GB in the Olympics. So is this a really strange time for both of you? And how do you maintain that focus and fitness as well? Yeah, it's pretty strange not to have football, but I mean, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I had longer than two weeks off, to be honest with you. So it's been like a little vacation, but I've been training hard. I think missing the Olympics is, I think everyone's a bit gutted, but, you know, hopefully it can resume next year. And obviously people's health and safety is the most important thing. I'm lucky enough that our French league got cancelled, but we still got crowned as the champions. So I guess I still win the league. Nice. <laughs> this is classic you, Lucy, yeah. winning everything that's going. Yeah, we still, we still managed to win, even though we didn't finish it. No such luck for you, Leah. I know, I know. Uh, probably not left ourselves in the strongest positions um, for, for this year to be cut short. But um, again, I'm the same as Lucy. It's quite refreshing, really, just to be able to switch off from football. Because once you're sort of in the international setup, you don't really have a second to breathe, really. So um, I've quite enjoyed this time. But obviously, I wish I had a trophy already in the uh, in the trophy cabinet by now as well. Well, we've got the perfect person on the show with you in Paul Sinner to tell you how to keep the brain sharp. So the focus, how can you help them, Paul? You've got to have someone with you, I think. I mean, I really feel sorry for Leah there. You're completely on your own. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's why when, um, like I say, Jordan was waiting on the completion of her apartment, so we just decided it'd be better to go into lockdown together. Otherwise, if you just end up going a day without speaking, it's, it's quite sad, really. Um, you sort of get into bed and you think, I haven't actually spoken to anyone today unless you've facetimed or been on zoom or whatever so um yeah the first weeks i think were the most difficult just because it was everything was so unknown wasn't it well we are very happy that you're speaking to us the show must go on gets us better acquainted with all the people behind the sports that we see uh, we'll find out more about lucy and leah over the course of the show one way we do that is by hearing their musical choices as well they've chosen two motivational songs each that they like to work out or listen to before competing as always they'll be added to an overall athletes playlist for the series which you can find over at unionjack.co.uk lucy leah and paul will also be recommending a film or a box set to watch during lockdown and at the end of the show we have round seven of the home decathlon challenge comedians i'm afraid to reveal to you paul are trailing the athletes by a score of four to two i mean who would know that comedians would be trailing professional athletes at a physical task So Leah, I want to come to you with some reaction to the Women's Super League being cancelled, first of all, because as you rightly pointed out, Arsenal were in there. They were in for the Champions League places, um, outsiders, I guess, for the title. But when we see that the men's top flight football is returning soon, I think many will wonder, well, why has the women's game had to go? But I believe quite a lot of players actually were in favour of it stopping. I think, yeah, we were in a completely different position to the men's in terms of funding, money available to each club so I, I think a lot of the girls were concerned about the potential of next season being affected by going back or even you know their own safety and their family's safety around sort of testing you know we know how much that's going to cost the men's league but they have the money to do it so I think there was a lot of questions around that but I think anybody especially now seeing the men's going back there's nothing you know I'd love to be back out there basically um, I'm sure many of the other girls would but I think for the the decision was made with, you know, many more seasons ahead, sort of 
in consideration and making sure that that we don't jeopardize them from going back but yeah it's a I think it's a massive shame that we've not that we've not gone back and like you say if you're seeing the men's do it there'll be a lot of questions around why why we couldn't yeah I think it all probably does come down to finances you had to wait that bit longer to find out but for you Lucy the call in France it was made really early on wasn't it yeah but I think in general as well the the lockdown was made earlier on as a as a country regardless of the sport as well anyway and I think the lockdown in France was a lot stricter as well. For me, I'd rather they just made the call early and it was just done with either way. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the hardest thing for the girls in England is they've had to wait so long, keep training, keep training, thinking you're going back, you're not going back, you are going back, and then it's not. And regards personally for you both as well, with Team GB football in Tokyo also being put back, do you think it has disrupted some momentum for the women's game? Because everyone will remember, including Paul, I'm sure you were watching, weren't you, last summer in France? I was crying. (laughs) So was I. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, there were brilliant uh, records in terms of viewing figures in this country. It was so good. And it obviously got to the heart of the nation. And and do you feel that this has disrupted it in any way? I mean, Leah first. I mean, yeah, I think that's the biggest sort of risk of not going back. You you lose the, the momentum that we've been building. And obviously it's no secret the women's game has literally like just been jumping and jumping every year to, to new heights. So I think that's the biggest fear that we'll lose that. And when we go back, you know, two steps backwards kind of thing. So I think that's definitely a, a fear amongst the women's football community, definitely. And has it also crossed your mind, especially you, Lucy, that you maybe maybe have lost a valuable year because everything's been knocked back, uh, Tokyo, and that also means the knock-on effect for the Euros as well, the home Euros that will now be 2022 for the women. Does it feel like that, that there's a whole year that you might have missed out on playing time? Yeah, I think definitely for me, I'm, I'm 28 years old, so I'm meant to be in my sort of peak now, so I'm missing my peak year, which is disappointing but like I said uh, you got to try and flip it on the positive side and, and I, I look at it like I've got a bit of rest which means next year I'm going to go into it even better and the year after that because you look now for the women's competitions every single year now if I think it's a consecutive of five or six years maybe now there's going to be a tournament in the summer which as a an, an English player you're probably going to be eligible for every single one of them so I need to take my rest now and hopefully I can pay till I'm 38 instead. <laughs> And you mention about uh, being at your peak. I mean, you can't go much higher at the moment, Lucy. Uh, second in the Ballon d'Or. I mean, in March, you were voted as well by the BBC uh, Best Footballer. So there's there's loads of things coming your way, but are you still pushing? Of course, I'm still pushing. I think for me, uh, the most important thing, my biggest goal now is is wanting to win something with the England team or the British team, the Great Britain team. That's the thing that I've kind of got missing. That's the thing that... All English players have got missing. You know, you want that little star on your chest for a World Cup or a Euros win or any sort of win on an international stage. That's that's kind of what I'm hunting for now. And another important question, how are you both at quizzes? Do you play the chase sometimes? I love the chase. I always have it on. I have it on, but I'm not very good. I do a quiz every Saturday with it's my family. It's a team game. You don't actually have to be very good. It's a team game. Okay, well, let's be playing as a team, then I'll be the supporter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you, were, if you were choosing a collective four to go on from the Lionesses, I mean, who would have to be making the cut for that? Does it have to be players? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this says a lot. We do do quizzes at England, though, don't we? Do quiz every every yeah. camp, and there's two staff members that you you need to be on their team to win. Yeah. I'm trying to think what players, though. Karen Bardsley, the goalkeeper. Yeah, camper, yeah. I think. There's a lot of knowledge there. 
This is really bad. It's bad reflection on the team because you can't even think of one. <laughs> Suddenly Paul's saying to, to the bookers, don't yeah. worry about the lionesses. Yeah. <laughs> Mark them off. We won't get them on. You haven't even heard the musical choices though yet, Paul. They might not be quizzing brains, but they're, they're budding DJs, both Lucy and Leah, I think. Uh, we'll get that first motivational track of the show. So Leah, let's start with one from you. Um, what have you chosen for your first one and why? It's called Nobody to Love by Sigma. Uh, it's like a dance track. It's been out for a while, but for me, I mean, the reason I listen to music is because it makes me feel good, as in my either related to a memory or it just makes you feel good at the time. And I think that does both for me. So growing up in England, you go through the youth age groups and just sometimes you'll have a song that just stick out from like a, a successful time or whatever. So that was mine. And yeah, it still, uh, it still gets people going in the change rooms now. Is this one, Lucy, that you've been subjected to a few times? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Leah's the DJ in the England changing room, so we kind of have to listen to whatever she wants to listen to. <laughs> oh, well, you'll know this one really well then. Here's Sigma and Nobody to Love on Union Jack. listening to the show must go on with me Lindsay Hooper and this week I'm joined by comedian Paul Sinner along with footballers Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson. Uh, Lucy just before that song that Leah chose you did reveal that she is the dressing room DJ. How do you select somebody for that and how does it work at tournaments? I don't, I don't know how she got selected. Um, I think <laughs> no one else wanted to do it to be honest but it, it used to be Alex Scott. I used to help Alex a little bit and then as Alex retired that was kind of when Leah came in and I think there was a little bit of a a gap in between where no one really took it up so Leah just jumped in on it but she is good to be fair so it's, it is all good it's all good everyone enjoys it is it a role you enjoy Leah yeah I think I just um I don't like to get too caught up in the game or whatever so it's a, it's a nice distraction for me um but it is nice when somebody else does it and I can just sort of not panic about I think once I'd added accidentally added my country music playlist to like the queue so I went out to see the pitch and we got to one of the games in the world cup come back in it was the worst environment I've ever been in and uh, that kind of pressure it's so <laughs> lucky I wasn't playing because I was sweating then for the rest of the day well there are three more songs to come plus Leah and Lucy take on Paul Sinner in our home decathlon challenge you can watch all of the challenges so far on our show page over at unionjack.co.uk there are lots there for you to try and you never know you might outscore one of our athletes although it is a tough ask at the moment Paul you had a 50th birthday during lockdown I wanted to chat to you about this because I can imagine there's been lots of people's having birthdays, but a special one like a 50th, were you a bit disappointed? Actually, it was really good. I was never going to have a birthday party because I had a wedding in December. So the idea of getting all my friends to come again five months later, I just thought they wouldn't be bothered. And then this all happened and I thought, why don't I have a virtual party? So was there anything inventive that people did to try and make it special? Well, we had a plan. Every five to ten minutes... We'd stick people in Zoom rooms with people they haven't met before in breakout rooms and force them to chat to each other. And then every 10 minutes, I'd, I'd take them back into the main room and do another random, randomised group. 
So people were chatting to different people all night because they had to. Sounds a bit like speed dating. <laughs> the most amazing thing about it is that um, this party started at 7 o'clock. At 6.45, I sent a tweet to Katrina Johnson-Thompson's boyfriend, Andrew Posse, saying, would you mind popping in and saying hello to my friends on my 50th birthday? And they did. Katrina Johnson-Thompson, the world heptathlon champion, and one of my big heroes, just turns up in my Zoom room going, hello. I was wondering, did anybody buy you a hula hoop for your 50th? Because I've seen that you've been doing hula hooping challenges, which isn't what I expected to see from you, Paul, if I'm honest. No, I don't think it's what anyone expected to see. I decided that when lockdown, I'd learn a skill and that would be hula hooping. <laughs> Lucy, Leah, do you, do, you, do you hula hoop? Is this a thing? Am I missing out? I think I can hula hoop, but I wouldn't say it was something I, uh, I do regularly. I really can't and it actually frustrates me. It's like one of the physical activities that I can't do. <laughs> And I hate it. <laughs> um, you both actually recently sat down, I think this was over Zoom as well, with some teammates and you relived the World Cup in Canada. I was out for that as well with, with you covering it. Oh, it was such a brilliant tournament. I always feel like that's one of the best looking back. Did it bring back some unexpected memories? Yeah, definitely. The, the, the game that we watched as well, the, the Canada game, was the game of the tournament kind of for us as well. Mm. Had so much going on. We played, we knocked out the hosts and the hosts were, were crazy, but it did, especially speaking to each other and each of us had different memories and then it kind of brought back your memories and just, yeah, that tournament in general. It was my first World Cup anyway, so it was always going to be special, but it was such a good World Cup and comparing it to France, to Canada, it was so different, but being able to look back on it, it was really special. And Leah, you would have been watching that, was was it from back home? Yeah, yeah, um, that was at the end of my first year as a like have having been in the league as a professional so um I felt a lot more I don't know connected to it than maybe previous years but I, I loved it it was brilliant I mean going to the World Cup last summer was was special obviously to actually be there but having been a fan like during 2015 and also the men's World Cup like being in England when you can sort of see the change that's happening it's it's um pretty special really and for you, you've played at Arsenal since, were you about six when you first started with them? I was, uh, was eight when I went for my first trial, yeah. Okay. So nine. So do you think you're going to be in this dying breed of a, a one-club player? Is that what you would like? If they don't get rid of me before then, I suppose so. Um, yeah, I mean, football's different. And even when I was younger, you know, things happen in football. I always used to wanted to go to America. Um, and then all of a sudden, the league here sort of, took off and it was better to stay so you never really know what's going to come around the corner but um I think yeah the playing for Arsenal to win with Arsenal means a lot to me so if if uh, we stay on top and I'm good enough to be in the team then um yes yeah, it's, it's a good place to be for me in contrast now I don't know which way this works for you Lucy <laughs> either either you move to a team and they win the title or you move to a team who you know are gonna win the title and then you become part of that team so in <laughs> England you've got every major domestic trophy going so you were with Liverpool Manchester City and then the Conti Cup which is the equivalent of the League Cup in 2016 and the Women's FA Cup in 2017 so when you went off to France you must have just thought well it's time because I've won everything here um yeah a little bit and I wanted to win the Champions League which I thought I had better chance in in France which turns out I was right because we ended up winning it um yeah. <laughs> but then I've just done the same thing in France but I don't know I think it's a bit of both I mean I went to Lyon which was a team that already won 100 trophies without me so I don't think I made too much of a difference but it was quite a contrast with Liverpool when I when I joined there we we completely 
built a new team to go and try and win the league. Then City again, I was kind of a year after them starting to build a team. So I've had a little bit of experience of, of kind of everything. I've also played in the mm. second division in England uh, with Sunderland and won that league, which is a very different experience to you know playing in Champions League and stuff. But I've enjoyed playing for different clubs and having different experiences. But yeah, I think mainly are kind of the opposites in that respect. You're going to love this one, Paul, because when you like these little stats, um, Leah had a very unusual moment. Um, I wonder if this is going to ring any bells for you. We'll see how much you know. So it was a very strange career moment because Leah had to retake a penalty five days after a game ended. Did you know about this? No, I, I knew about it in the sense that I saw it in the script that you gave us yesterday. <laughs> That's a real cheat. <laughs> Leah, tell us about this, because people hearing that are going to think, what? That sounds crazy. But this is related to the under-19 championship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were losing our first game 2-1. We had a penalty. I scored um, to make it 2-2, but one of our players encroached in the box. So what should have happened is I retook it, but she awarded a free kick the other way. So we finished the game, we we lost, um, and then we appealed and five days later, after the other two games, we went back for 16 seconds of the match. We walked from the tunnel to the penalty spot, <laughs> uh, took the penalty, scored, luckily, and then played. I think they took a kick-off and it went on for about 10 seconds and uh, that was it. But if we if we didn't score, we wouldn't have gone through. So it was um, probably the most high-pressured situation I've ever been in. You, well, I was going to say high-pressure. I mean, you skipped over the penalty part there, but did you have to warm up if you're just doing one kick? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mo Marley was our coach at England, and anybody that knows Mo knows that she's like the ultimate professional. So we literally prepared as if it was a 90-minute game. Um, and, yeah, so we we were ready, to say the least. Oh, well, I, I think that's such a, an incredible story and one that hopefully will never be repeated for anybody else. Before we get to the next song, we heard from Louis Theroux at the top of the show and he's back now with a question for both of you. Women's football definitely seems to be getting a little bit more popular, doesn't it? You know, what are the sort of things that you'd like to see put in place to keep that popularity going? Yeah. Leah first. I just think the the reason the popularity grows is because we're so accessible and you know when you come to a game you can like engage with the players and stuff like that I think that's like a real strength of our game which is different to the men's and I think that exploring more about who we are and like as humans as well as footballers I think that's really what draws uh, young girls in that that whole off-pitch sort of promotion of who we are um, alongside what we're doing on the pitch I think that's a that's a key area. How about you Lucy? I think it's the visibility, but I think everything just needs to improve. But all ultimately, it's it's kind of a chain reaction. You know, the visibility gets better, increases the sponsorship, increases the finance, increases the you know the facilities that then increases the quality of the training, which then increases the quality of the matches, that then increases the visibility, and it, it kind of goes around like that. But I think you know ultimately it has to start somewhere, and you know we we get those kind of spurts into a certain area. You know, there's funding put into coaching, or there's funding put into fa- facilities, or a sponsor comes in because you know like like visa is a great example who come in and go you know what we're going to sponsor women for the next four years because we know that's what we should do and that's gonna gonna feed the game but it, you know it only kind of takes one of those little those little sparks to kind of spark one area to then push the next area but for me visibility is huge you know you see the men players are everywhere you know you can't get away from the premier league and it's on the news and it's it's on sky it's on bt 
They're on crisp packets. They're on beer bottles, Lucozade bottles, whatever it is. They're just everywhere. So you see them all the time. And I think if we start to get that, then people start to ask questions and people want to watch more. Right. Well, we're going to let you be DJ now, Lucy. It's your turn to select a, a track. What have you chosen for this next one? Oh, it's funny because when Leo was speaking about hers, it's the same reason why I've picked this song, Take That, Never Forget. It's the same when I was at under-19s and under-15s for England. This is a song was just constantly on, on the playlist. It was one of the motivational songs. We used to have a video that we showed before games um, of like training or it was like a motivational video. And this song was always on that video. And, you know, the girls used to sing it on the bus, used to sing it in the change room. And it, it just brings back those memories of being young and, and playing for England. Okay, well, everyone do the arms action as they listen. Here it is, take that, never forget. This is the show must go on on Union Jack Radio, where I'm joined by comedian Paul Sinner and footballers Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson. Still to come, we've got the Home Decathlon Challenge, where we pick comedians against athletes, plus two more songs chosen by Leah and Lucy. We just heard Take That and Never Forget, a very underrated song. You agree, don't you, Paul? I'm the unofficial president of the campaign to acknowledge Never Forget as the greatest pop song ever written. The line that always gets me is, Someday this will all be someone else's dream. It's a big motivating factor in my life to remember that someone will take my place on the chase one day and that's just that's just life. And I just think it's a really, really good line. It is really good. And I'm, I'm curious to know how many of you saw the Meerkat concert because I, I decided to go and have a look at what it was all about. And they did it really well. Yeah, I heard that there was um, two women stood in a in a field all alone just because they wanted to have the, uh, a concert feel and just had it on their like iPad in the, in the middle of nowhere, just two of them bounce along to it. Oh, good on them. I didn't go to those lengths, but <laughs> I did bring out my, my old T-shirt. No, I didn't. I, I did go to the concert when I was 13, though. Um, the other thing that everyone's been doing, of course, is watching a lot of box sets and films during lockdown. I suppose it's been one of those go-to things. So what we've been doing is sharing some of your choices with listeners so that they can have something to go and watch. So let's go around from Paul to Leah to Lucy with your recommendations of what you suggest people should spend some time watching. Well, in, in essence, anything that doesn't last too long, because I've not got much attention span. So sitcoms are perfect. And any box set that's got absolutely loads of episodes. So I'd, re- I'd recommend Seinfeld, not least because you won't have seen it, because it was hardly on TV in this country for very long. It's 23 minutes each. You don't have to engage your brain. It makes you laugh. It doesn't matter what order you watch them in. It makes no difference at all. And about five years ago, somebody bought me the box set of every single episode of Seinfeld. And I never got around to watching any of them. Now I've got the time. 
Yeah, um, I've been watching... Well, I've never got around to watching it and I'd heard so many recommendations to watch Sex Education. Oh, yes. So that's uh, really, really funny. Really funny. So, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed watching that. I don't really laugh out loud at much stuff, but I have, I have been at that. The characters in that are very strong as well and well-written. And Gillian Anderson's in it, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's um, she plays such a good role. I mean, I, I think they all do, but, yeah, I, I literally love it. Okay, and Lucy? Well, I've watched a couple of things, but I think Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. Oh, yeah, you need the tissues, though, don't you, for that? My gosh, it's an experience. Yeah, it, it's like a it's like a dry humour, but at the same time, it's so sad as well. It's Especially in these times at the minute, to just sit down and watch something like that, it's it's quite overwhelming, but I think it's a good watch. And then you had a film as well, actually, yeah. Lucy, which I, I'll allow you to for this one, because I think it's a really important one people go and watch. Well, I watched it in France. It's got a different name in France, so I can't remember if it's the English version's called Bombshell. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. About the whole um, Fox News situation and uh, mm. the sexual assault going on. But I just think it's such a clever film at the end. I don't really want to spoil it for people, but I think the ending's just really perfect. Ah, okay. Well, I'm going to have to watch that in full because I've seen all the trailers for it and I think it would be right up my street. Um, Right up your street is our next question because it's from a footballer. It's from Rio Ferdinand. Leah, it's Rio. Uh, Obviously, the women's game hasn't been full full time for that long. Uh, What are the major benefits you've found since the WSL turned fully professional? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think... What you put in, you get out. And I think going professional, training every day, you're at a level playing field with, you know, other teams that had already turned professional. So your your performance levels raised and you're just more competitive all round. And it especially has helped, I think, going then internationally um, from a full-time setup in the UK. I think that's what we've been, we've been missing for so many years and maybe why we've failed to compete in the past. Training full-time being on the pitch as much as possible then literally directly translates to the pitch and you just get a better performance level. Lucy? Yeah, I think for me as well, because I've kind of went through that transition of when it changed. So, you know, in my early 20s, I was at university. I also had a part-time job and I was playing football and I was trying to get picked for England at the same time. So obviously that balance and you lose a lot of focus. I was I was tired because I was I was going to work. I was going to uni, do my dissertation at the same time as trying to train and get the maximum out of physically and mentally out of my body. It was it was difficult, but I think when I had that changeover, you know, in my own game, I, I noticed the difference without even you know changing the way that I trained. It was just that having that focus and being able to just fully focus on just football, what I eat, when I sleep, the recovery. And the training and, you know, watching games back, I had the time to do that. Whereas before I didn't and I just saw a huge rise in the level just from that initial kind of, you know, 12 to 18 months. It was a huge change. And Paul, for you, you used to be a GP, didn't you? So when did you go full-time comedy and quizzing? Uh, Well, separate occasions. Full-time comedy 2008 and quizzing, I got the job on the chase in 2011. So there was three years where I was only doing comedy, 2008 to 2011. But it just seems so long ago now that I just can't remember. The thing that bonds you all is that you're all doing what you love full time now. And that's fantastic. Time for a third track of the show, I think. Leah, back to you. I've chosen um, You're a Superstar by Love Inc. It's another dance track. 
bit of a classic. The Northerners love it, so I'm sure Lucy loves this song as well. The words are quite good as well, make you feel good when you're listening to it and you can sing as loud as you want. Yeah, big tune for me. Well, um, I think dance music is a popular choice, isn't it, for motivating, especially amongst athletes. So uh, we'll get this one. Superstar Loving on Union Jack Radio. is the show must go on on Union Jack Radio a mix of comedy and sport to help you get through lockdown Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson have chosen three motivational songs but there's still one more from Lucy to come they're joined as well by comedian Paul Sinner Paul what do you make of all the dance music that athletes love nowadays oh it just makes me feel old I've never heard of any of it (laughs) before you go on the chase you know in the green room do you play a song in there no if I need a motivational song it's to get me into the suit it's a little bit too tight for me now. <laughs> is there a difference as well for you, Leah, similar as you're the DJ now, amongst the Lionesses or Team GB? Well, first of all, there might have been a clash, hadn't there? You might have had competition from some of the Scots or something in Team GB for the for the control. But is it different for tournament music compared to when you're playing with Arsenal? Yeah, no, I mean, when you're at club football, like, it's more, you know, whatever comes out, you sort of feed it in and you sort of know the girls a lot. So I, I think I could pretty much pick a playlist based on what they actually all really like whereas when you go to England it's a bit different but the reason I like having control of the music sometimes is because when you put a song on and everybody sort of loves it it can change the mood like massively and especially when you're at a world cup like songs sort of become your tournament songs and they mean something we had a moment in Nice I think it was ironic Alanis Morissette yeah yeah and like just put it on on the bus like no no second thoughts about it and then literally the bus erupts and it's like then that becomes a song for the tournament I suppose. So had you already planned what you were going to play in Tokyo? I know that's been postponed now by a year but was that already in your mind? Do you know what? I literally don't think about the music until the day of the game because it keeps me busy and keeps me not getting too caught up in nerves or whatever so no thoughts about Tokyo. Um, I needed to get on the plane first and then then I probably would have thought about the music after that. Well, you were both very strong contenders and and I'm sure that you'll be looking forward to hopefully being part of the team that goes out in 2021 now. There has been news, though, on that front in the meantime. People have seen the headlines that Phil Neville has confirmed that as England manager, he will leave his role next summer. I don't know what that means for Tokyo, whether he's still going to go and and do that. But um, when that news came out, was it a surprise? As players, we all knew that that was when his contract was up was next year and obviously the the FA had planned for it to be in cohesive with tournament football it kind of goes up you know England is every two years because the World Cup and the Euros so that kind of made sense and it was I feel like it's after that we've got so many consecutive tournaments as well it's whether is that the right fit is does Phil want to do it does that what the FA wants to do and I you know, I think it was a difficult choice, but, you know, Phil's had a great time with us and we've learnt a lot of him and maybe he'll still be the, the GB manager next year. I'm not sure if that's being confirmed, but as players, we we kind of 
you were shocked and you weren't shocked because, you know, you never know what to expect, especially playing for England these days. You just never know what's going to happen. Was it disappointing, Leah, when you when you read those lines about potentially him using it as a stepping stone to get to men's club football? Now, I know that sometimes quotes get taken out of context, but it is a line that ended up in the press. Was that disappointing to read? Knowing Phil and us speaking to Phil, I, I don't think that like that was ever his intention to use it as a stepping stone. And I, I know that that would infuriate people that are involved in the women's game because, you know, that's that's not what we're here for. Um, so I, I understand people's frustrations, but I, I think you don't really know unless you speak to Phil. And, and the conversations I've had with Phil, I don't think that's the case. I just think it's a, a case of circumstance and, and contracts ending. And um, like Lucy mm. says, like just finding the right fit. You know, he's, uh, even during this time, you know, you, you spend a lot more time with your family and, and stuff like that, which is time that he, you know, he's dedicated to us for the past three years. So I think it would be unfair f- to sort of say that he's used us in that way, I think, because you, you have to dedicate so much of your life to international football, which he's done. Um, no questions asked. And there's no denying, Paul, someone like you that's been watching and enjoying some of the, the women's football like you did with France last year. Phil Neville bought a lot, didn't he, as well? A lot of expertise, a lot of goodwill. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm short of work, but if you're looking for... <laughs> Are you putting yourself forward? <laughs> ...who basically do it for half the wages and essentially allow you to play any way you like. <laughs> I'd do the DJing and the pub quiz as well. And I promise you that I would not use it as a stepping stone to a managerial post in men's football. <laughs> Do you think that the next appointment, I suppose in all seriousness to you both, do you think it should be someone within the women's game next time? Because obviously Phil came in as somewhat of an outsider to begin with. Um, Do you think it should be even a woman? I think, um, you know, when Phil came in, women's football, well, the England team in general were in such a weird place. Um, A lot of things had happened and it was a hard transition. I think now most managers would want to take that, you know, we chop the hand off to to be part of our team. I think we've got such a good team now that could go on and and win something in in the near future. And I think most people would probably be thinking that. Do I think that it has to be a woman? No. Do I think it has to be someone in women's football? I think for me, the best person for the job, if that's a man, or if that's a woman, you know, I don't really think that in women's football, especially anyway, I don't think we see that as a difference whether it's a male or a female. Uh, manager, you know, if they know what they're doing on the on the pitch and they can make us a better team, then bring them in and let's go and win something. I I've I realised over the course of the hour there's something I hadn't really appreciated about women's football. It must be the only team game in the world where the World Cup and the Olympic Games are career pinnacles. So on that matter, what would you rather win? World Cup. <laughs> Straight away, Leah. I mean, now being in football and being a professional footballer, the World Cup, it's it's the top, like, it's the top in that game. But, I mean, when you're a little girl, you do, I don't know about you, Luce, but I dreamed of, like, dreamt of being an Olympian. Always wanted to be an Olympian. And that's like a a sort of extra bonus thing that you can be part of that, that GB team. But no, World Cup has, has got to be the top of the list. World Cup, you get the little star on your, on your yeah. face for the, for the rest of eternity on the England badge. That's what I want. Olympics, you get a you get a tattoo. <laughs> it doesn't take many of the little stars either to get on parity with the men, does it? So 
that's another incentive <laughs> um, when that, that argument's rumbling on. Uh, with very little live sport then that we've been watching, we ha- here at Union Jack have been setting a little game of our own each week, and that's to find out who is better out of the comedians and athletes at our home decathlon challenge. Here's John McEnroe explaining this week's. Okay, this week on Athletes versus Comedians, our athletes and comedians have to down a pint of water as quickly as they can within 30 seconds. Whatever time's left on the clock on completion is how many points they score. So, for example, if I managed to do it in 10 seconds, I would score 20 points as there are 20 seconds left on the clock. It's that simple. Our winners, the person who scores the most points. Let's see what they've got. Yes, let's see. I, I wondered, Lucy, straight away, I thought of you. I thought, do you even get competitive over this? A hundred percent. I can answer that for you. Okay. Well, I think we should just crack on then. So we're going to start with Leah. Okay, athletes versus comedians challenge downing a pint of water in 30 seconds. Leah Williamson's first up. Let's see what she's got. She's opted for a Pyrex jug. Interesting choice. Very, very big area to take a drink from in one of those. She looks like she's struggling, to be honest. She's not making particularly good progress at all there using the other hand to steady herself for the jug. I don't really know what's going on, but whatever it is, this is not a good performance from Leah. She's still struggling to get the water down. Looks like she's just about managed it, but that's all 30 seconds. Leah Williamson with a very disappointing performance there. That's zero points. Zero points, Leah. I know. Do you know what? I knew it was taking me a long time, but when I actually looked at the stop clock and it said 30 seconds, I thought, oh my God. And then I thought, let me try and do it again. And I thought, I can't. <laughs> that was so painful. I can't do it again. That was a longer gap between the start and the finish than that match and your penalty. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? That was harder. That was a lot harder. I'm not very good at downing drinks at all. So um, I suppose, yeah, it's terrible. The one thing I did admire, though, is that you didn't try and cheat and spill it all over the place. So people can watch these videos back and they can see the Pyrex jug in its full glory. Uh, they're on unionjack.co.uk. Um, let's see how our comedian did then. Paul Sinner, up your step. Okay, let's see what Paul Sinner, comedian's got in this challenge. We know him as a chaser. Will he chase down this water? He's done a good job so far. It's looking pretty hot. He's making awesome progress right through it, and that's done in 13 seconds. Paul Sinna scores an incredible 17 points, and he's way ahead of Leah Williamson. He's giving Lucy all the work to do to get first place here. Great stuff. Wow, Paul, you look like you've had lots of practice at that. I really haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've set a very high bar, so 13 seconds. I am really nervous. Okay, well, let's see. Here's Lucy. Okay, last one up in this Athletes Comedians Challenge. Her name's Lucy Bryant, but she's going to be going for gold. She's got 17 points from Paul to beat. She started. She's looking really good, making awesome progress right now. She stopped a little bit in the middle, but opening the gullet towards the end, and that's an awesome 11 seconds, 19 points there. 
Lucy Bruns is your winner, pipping Paul by two points. She is the champion. Oh. <laughs> of course she won. Of she even she does won. it with a pint of water. <laughs> You're the European footballer of the year. This is all I had. Oh, wow. That's why you always want to be on Lucy's team. Full disclaimer here. I was sort of hoping that Paul was going to win because our comedians are so far behind. But no, Lucy, you absolutely nailed that. Two seconds, in it. Yeah, I went to university like a proper student, didn't I? So I've got to know how to down a pint there. <laughs> So that's it. The overall leaderboard now looks like this. Athletes five, comedians two, and we've still got a few more challenges to come. Do you know what you could do to close the gap? Have two comedians on and one, one sports star. <laughs> if it had just been Leah, you'd have been okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you can have a go as well at home if you want to challenge yourself. So film it, send it on Twitter to at Union Jack Radio. I'm, well, the athletes can't be beaten now, but they can be drawn level. Here's another question. This time it comes all the way from Los Angeles. I say that, I think he's actually back in the UK now. It's Tom Daly. I split my time between the UK and Los Angeles so I can make sure my perfect bum is tanned all year round. Women's soccer is absolutely huge out in the States. Have either of you guys ever spent time playing in the States? How does it compare to playing in Europe? Yeah! <laughs> so, Leo, earlier on, you said you'd have loved to have played in the States, but I inferred from that that you haven't, especially seeming as you've been at Arsenal so long. Yeah, no, I've I've never played. Um, the closest I've ever been is playing in tournaments out there with teams that I used to play in before I was at Arsenal, which is like women's soccer out there was obviously unbelievable back then and we've closed the gap, but I think it's still sort of a special thing to, to be in that league. So, um, yeah, never have done, but maybe one day. Maybe one day? You're not ruling it out? No, maybe one day. Okay. Uh, Lucy, you did. Uh, yeah, I went to university for one year in North Carolina. It was amazing, especially if you think about university soccer there or football here. You know, we was kitted out, we was training every day, playing two games a week, flying all over the country to play football games it was it was incredible and especially at the time I was 17 when I went so I, I kind of went a little bit early and to have that experience when a 17 year old in England or any age in England at the time you weren't getting anything there was there was no money at all in the women's game and I went to America and I remember turning up and they were like here's all your night kit and I was kitted out head to toe with all the boots the trainers the socks shorts everything which back then was kind of unheard of and that was just at university and it, and I was playing with all these amazing players and it was yeah it was just a, a crazy experience which I'll remember for the rest of my life for sure. Wow well I think we've run out of time now but it's nice to end on that note because it would like to think that one day our university sports could be of that magnitude. Um, thank you very much both for coming on the show so Leah and Lucy, Paul Sinner as well thank you for joining us. Where can people follow you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, Instagram's Leah Williamson with two N's. It was all that was left. And uh, Twitter is uh, Leah C. Williamson. Lucy Bronze, Lucy Bronze uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Everything's just just my simple, my name. No, nothing, no extra N's or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end with your final song choice, Lucy. What have you got for us? Another song that's more of a, a dance song as well, Titanium, David Guetta. It's just a song that I've always used when I'm in the gym. It was a song when I was injured for kind of two years in my t in my early 20s. 
it was the beat that got me running on the treadmill and on on the bike and I still listen to it now when I've got a hard session to do it's just a I don't think the words are particularly special but the just the beat and the rhythm of it gets you going if you're doing a workout if it gets me on the treadmill, Lucy, then I'm all for it. Uh, wishing you all the best next season and for Tokyo and the Euros, the home Euros that will be coming in 2022. Uh, thanks to the three of you. It's David Guetta then and Titanium. You can join us again for more athletes and comedians with the show must go on next week. And if you missed any of today's show or you'd like to listen to previous episodes, you can listen again via our podcast available across all podcasting platforms. It's Union Jack, the show must go on. You shot it is created by Offside Productions Media, supported by the Audio Content Fund.